Praise the Lord this morning. Amen. And before you're seated, let's turn around and make Canada welcome into our service this morning. Give them a wave. They'll wave back in a few minutes, and I will see it, but you won't. So you can have a seat this morning. How many enjoyed the music? Amen. That was outstanding, wasn't it? People has asked me what the, the test come out. Something like it's up high this morning, just a little bit. I really don't know. They took a test, and they hadn't told me yet, but they called me and wanted two more tests. So I'll be there tomorrow morning around 10, and they said be expecting five to six hours. So I said, uh, when ought I get to take a nap? I said, after about two hours, I'll take a nap. And they said, well, you won't have time to take a nap when you're here. So we got to run some tests to find out why I don't have any wind and different things. I said, well, it could be 80. Could be 80 years, you know. They said, well, no, you should still be able to have air at 80 years old. So I asked the Lord this morning just to give us strength and to get through the, the service. It's kind of disappointing not to be able to minister as you feel or as you want to but to conserve air and strength. We'll just take our time and look at this this morning as a, uh, is the sound all right? Is the sound okay out there? I don't know what's wrong with it up here. So we'll take it just like a little Sunday school class this morning, but I think that we'll get a little insight on it. I preached this subject almost 35 years about the fullness of the atonement and how the message of this hour, even under a prophet many years gone by, has still not realized what the atonement was all about. And they will not accept the fullness of the atonement. Now, Brother Branham said, the foolish virgin, and I put your notes this morning, they will go through the tribulation because they will not accept the atonement in its fullness. And I think that we can see what that fullness is this morning by the help of the Lord. Last week we began to look at uh, the law of the leper. And we looked at it in the day of the cleansing, which we know that the leprosy is a type of sin. And we're looking at it as sin to the soul. The soul is where the sin problem is. And we looked in Leviticus 14, and we'll look there this morning and read that text over again. But this morning, we want to actually move our thought by looking at the law of the leper to the sin question. Until the sin question is settled, you'll never find peace under the Feast of Tabernacles or rest. There'll always be a turmoil of the sin question. Am I saved? Am I staying saved? Am I good enough? Am I this? Am I that? Am I up? I'm down. Did I do right? Do I do wrong? What are more? And there's always that unrest and unquestioned until the revelation of the atonement basically is accepted, believed, and confessed. Now, I've always taught you the law of faith is basically believing, hearing, believing, and basically confessing with the mouth what the Word says. And when you confess it with the mouth, you're actually confirming the Word 
to your own soul, to your own being. In other words, you're bearing witness and identifying with the Word of God by your confession. If you say, well, I don't believe that by your confession, you're confessing out of your mouth unbelief. And a man is justified or condemned by the words out of his own mouth according to Jesus. So you will absolutely justify yourself. Now let's look at the word justified and justification. Justification means in all common language just as though you never done it. And we'll lead to the thought this morning of the great question to see the two groups in the framework of this message wise and foolish virgins. The wise and foolish virgins we can teach lessons that the wise virgins has oil in the lamp the foolish didn't. But wise and foolish virgins are all sons and daughters of God. Both groups are sons and daughters of God. God will not lose either one of those. One group, and only God knows that group, by election will receive a revelation of the fullness of the atonement and become the virgin bride of Jesus Christ. She'll become the virgin bride not by her conduct, but by her confession. Okay. The other group will not come to the confession by faith of the atonement. They will believe that it is basically faith in the blood plus their conduct. Jesus plus something. Going to church, shouting, da-da-da-da-da-da, anything. Every church has got their standard. We know we're saved by grace, by the blood, but you've got to join church. You've got to do this. You've got to do this. You've got to wear a dress and all this. We have preached a series, I think, 40-something sermons on Jesus plus nothing. Very few people will come to the revelation and a confession that they are sons and daughters of God, justified by the blood, perfect. Sin, question, has been eradicated from us, period. You say, well, I still got problems with more. We're not talking about the law of sin and death where we'll die. If that's the case, Paul couldn't die. Brother Brandon wouldn't have died. Look at some of the most saintly person you ever, they all died. We're not looking at the death question because it's appointed unto man wants to die. But we're looking at the sin question that makes you acceptable are rejectable by God Himself. We are in the last phases of mortality as far as man and church is concerned on the earth to now. We're at the end of all things, the fullness of the Gentiles, and we understand that the Jews has 1,260 days, three and a half years by two prophets to finish up that part of redemption. And then we'll start a new millennial reign with a new kingdom, walk out on the ashes of the wicked. We understand that. So we want to look at this law of the leper this morning, which is dealing with the sin question, and find if sin can be eradicated in us by a work of Calvary. In Leviticus 14, it said, And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, 
This shall be the law of the leper in the day of his cleansing. Now, there, we looked at it last week in the day of the cleansing. And we understand that the day of the cleansing and basically the ceremony to pronounce their cleansing was a type of the cross. Sprinkled by the blood seven times. And the cleansing wasn't until after seven church ages or at the end of the sevenfold revelation of Jesus Christ. So although the sin question was healed, they were healed 2,000 years ago. To be healed of the leprosy, what took it through a process to pronounce our healing, went through seven stages, seven sprinkling of the blood, seven days outside the tent, or at the end of the seventh church age, which we are here now, the great high priest Melchizedek himself must pronounce or inspect the bride and pronounce us absolutely still in sin or cleansed from sin. Then a living group is promised to be changed by that revelation into immortality without dying to make up the complete body of Christ that we call the rapture. He said, and, the, and he shall be brought unto the priest. And the priest shall go out of the camp, and the priest shall look, and behold, if the plague of leprosy be healed in the leper. All right, now, as far as he can tell by seeing, it's healed. It's gone. Then shall the priest command to take for him that is to be cleansed. Now he's telling you, you've got to go through a process to show your cleansing or the law of the leper to be cleansed. Now he's already healed, but he goes through this process to pronounce him cleansed or a virtuous bride to be assembled back in fellowship with God. I'll put it that way. He shall take two birds alive and clean. Now watch the twos because it is a twofold work and you can accept one work and reject the other. There's two works of the cross. The church world has accepted one work but they have rejected the other. John 3.16 we've went over it and over it. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth upon him should not perish, but have everlasting life. In other words, through the blood, there is a forgiveness of sins. But that's not the end of it. The church world stops there. But Jesus said, now this is the problem. Or in other words, this is the condemnation. Not that the blood wasn't sufficient to cover you. But this is the condemnation that you bring your works to the light and be judged by the light. In other words, you refuse to bring your soul to the Word of God to be examined to see your election and sonship in Christ. Am I a seed of God? Or do I just want to be a church member under a ritual of religion? Religion will not do nothing for you except send you to hell. You must have a revelation of who and what you already are. You don't come to church to change who you are from something to something else. Because you are a son, you bring your body and mind to the church to hear the correction and be matured in the Word of God. You come to hear what the Father has to say that we can grow in the spiritual soul realm of knowledge and life until we become 
graduated, I say, into maturity as being manifested sons and daughters of God. You're already a son and daughter of God. You have, you stand absolutely justified. Now watch your state and standing. Your standing before God on the blood was perfect. Well, how can anybody be perfect? Only by the blood. But we look at perfection and then we look at our state. And we find through the fleshly man or our, what we call our trespasses or our ignorance or attitudes and things like that. That we're not quite perfect. So we have a problem when a preacher tells us that we are perfected by the blood. But we don't have a problem when a preacher tells you that you're a low down scoundrel sinner. Now we should be offended if someone comes in here and calls you a sinner. Come on. Because we are not sinners. We are sons and daughters of God. There's a difference. See, we're not religious. We're not even following a man. We're following a voice that identified that himself as God himself. God is not just a floating spirit around and makes it whoo. God is a person. He has come in the form of a pillar of fire, a light. And we're following and being led by a light. Amen. We're all this morning called in the feminine gender a bride or a female. And we're already married to the Word of God, which is God Himself. The marriage takes place here. You say, well, I'm born again. Then you have been united or you have been quickened by hearing the Word of God. And that germ has come to the Word and identified itself as a believer. Amen. I was talking to a brother on the telephone. I always have problems with him because uh, he probably listened to the service this morning. He's a, a race in New York. And uh, we fuss all the time, really. And I, pretty, after the last year, I just give up and just uh, agree with everything he says. Because he's a liberal Democrat to the core. And he just got through saying, well, I stopped up at Brian Corsori's church. He said, oh, Brian, he's all right. But he is. All he does is watch Fox News. And he's, uh, he's a Republican conservative down to the shoelaces. And he told me I couldn't even go to heaven by being a Democrat. I said, Amen. He said, then I told him, you don't understand. I'm raised this way. This is my thinking. But show me where I do not believe the word. I didn't say nothing. Because I didn't want to talk for another two or three hours. So he has enough understanding to understand that the only identification he needs is to believe the word of God and not reject it. And you know what? He's right. He's right. Because when you boil all this down according to the Word of God, the only element that you can identify yourself is by amen. I believe the Word of God. 
You say, well, that can't be all there is to it. You don't understand the benefits of I believe. Because by his stripes you are healed. By his covering you are blessed. By his presence you are led. By his water you are fed and food and whatever more. Everything that you got and do is by believing the word of God. So let's look at this this morning. We want to understand this element now that separates these two groups are in the bride. Watch. He's to take two birds alive and clean and cedar wood. Now you're looking at the cross. You're looking at scarlet, which is basically the blood. And you're looking at uh, hyssop, which is faith that applied the blood over the doorpost, which represents the cross. Okay. And the priest shall command that one of the birds be killed. Now, in this law of the leper, this one bird is speaking of Christ, the sacrifice, the clean bird on the wings of a snow white dove. We could go to that message and preach from there. In an earthen vessel overrunning water, the earthen vessel was the body of Jesus. Jesus was a man. I keep going over this because it's essential. Jesus was a man. He was the only begotten unique man. He was the only begotten son of God. The way that he got here was unique, one of a kind. He was a vehicle, a body that God the Father, we call the Holy Spirit, a light, come and incarnated himself into that tabernacle, that man at the river of Jordan. Now then, he was the fullness of the Godhead bodily. The Bible said he was the outraying of the Father. If, there, if you're looking at outraying, the outraying or the flesh was only telling you something else was there as the true being. See, if there's an outraying, there has to be something there to send the rays out. So when we call Jesus the Messiah, that's true if you qualify the fact that God himself is the Messiah. God is the Messiah. God is the anointing. Jesus was the anointed one. He was not the anointing. So Jesus the Christ, the anointing, is the Messiah Jesus, the man, was only the body or the vehicle or the outring of the invisible God. And when you receive me, he said, you receive the Father. Therefore, you have to receive the Father in an individual. And every member in this building this morning, wise or foolish, has a part of God in them called a soul or a seed. The Holy Spirit is love. God is love. Then how can the bride persecute or quarrel and whatever more with its own self? Boy, it got quiet that way. Bride does not persecute bride. Now, I always wondered if the foolish virgin will persecute the wise virgin. That's a good question. I'll leave it right there. That's not our subject. Watch as for the living bird, he shall take it, and the cedar wood, and the scarlet, and the hyssop, 
and shall dip them and the living bird in the blood of the bird that was killed over the running water. Now you're looking at Christ in the example and you're looking at the individual being cleansed from sin. And he that is to be cleansed shall wash his clothes, shave off all his hair and wash himself in water, that he may be clean and after that he shall come into the camp and shall tarry abroad out of his tent seven days, which Brother Bram said was seven church ages before we come back into fellowship with God. All right? So in our last lesson, we begin to look at this, uh, at this sin question, or basically this cleansing question, the law of the leper, which basically speaks of sin. David is cleansing. Now this morning, we want to move that law into the sin question. We've got to get the sin question settled. I've always worked by, according to a prophet, I have no agenda of my own. I have no revelation of my own except that which has already been spoken. We cannot be under the Feast of Tabernacles, spiritually speaking. And that's where the Scripture and the prophet places us today. Without hearing a trumpet, Feast of Trumpets, Going to the Day of Atonement for a ceremony now of two goats. The Day of Atonement deals with the sin question. Every believer was required in Israel to attain or attend that ceremony. So we find here, if we're looking at in chapter 13, if you've read that of Leviticus, it deals with the, uh, basically, the examination and the indictment as to the state of the person. Remember your law of state and standing. We, under seven church ages, have a standing under the blood as long as we got a mediator. As long as Jesus Christ sits on the throne of God and there where he sits this morning, as long as you have a man on the throne of God, we have a mediator and we have a protection of the blood. And our standing before God through the blood is perfect. Amen. Now, there requires a revelation by the Word of God to bring your state, the revelation of your state, to equal your standing. If we look at our state, we'd say, well, I'm in pretty bad state now. I, I'm not as good as I should be. I'm not mature. I'm this. I'm, I'm missing the point. But it's your revelation of the point. No man can tell me what each person must be like or to do to make the point. Moses had problems. David had problems. Elijah had problems. Paul had problems. William Branham had problems. Luther had problems. Wesley had problems. Every man has problems. We haven't killed anybody yet. We hadn't took another man's wife. We hadn't done all these things that basically qualifies us for having a problem. Our problem is we were born by sexual birth. That's every man's problem. Therefore, by basically a representation, I'll put it that way, through Adam, every one of us was born out of fellowship with God under the indictment of sin by transgression of the law of reproduction in the Garden of Eden 6,000 years ago. 
How are we ever going to get back into the presence of God and have fellowship with God unless someone outside of being born by sex comes on the scene and dies with a uh, spotless or pure blood from the sexual law, which makes it a pure blood? Now, there's no man that can be born a woman have a pure blood. So God actually created in the womb of a virgin both the both sperm and gene through a creative act and formed an embryo or a seed that formed itself into the baby child of Jesus of Nazareth. Therefore, he was born by the created blood of God, making him sinless. He was without sin. So therefore, the one without sin is the only one that can freely offer himself up as a price or a sacrifice for you and I that we might have our state changed from a sinner to a saint. Glory to God. So we found out, now if you look at this, in chapter 13, the sinner is examined. And there's an indictment put forth as to the state of the individual. And the priest basically pronounces or brings forth the verdict. His sentence upon him was unclean. Being unclean, he was placed outside of the camp. What you're looking at in this hour, you say, what does that got to do to us? And I've asked that question all along, so I didn't look at it. But it has everything to do with us. Because there is a process that takes us and separates us from the church world. The unclean woman of Revelation 17 and all of her daughters. We have to be cleansed from the mark of the beast which is organized religion. We have to be washed. We have to be dressed. We have to be examined. And there comes an indictment or a pronouncement of not guilty. Clean or unclean. We find that the Spirit of God, according to Revelation 10, 1 to 7, and 1 Thessalonians 6, 4 to 16, that the Lord Himself, now we can't seem to grasp that too good because it's been abstractly for 40 or 50 years now since the activity of our presence was in their midst. But the Lord Himself, not Jesus, God, the eternal one in a form of a light we call him the logos we call it the shekinah glory we call it the expression a theophany of god god is invisible you will never see god but in this hour god himself come to fulfill his word to jesus his son that i'll come down and put all your enemies under your foot and make you the king over all creation. And I will present to you a virtuous bride that I will examine myself. Somebody say amen this morning. I will examine. I will come down and bring them to a trial. I'll put them in front of me. And I will examine them by the word of God. My own law of grace and mercy. To see if they pass the examination of being free from unbelief in me the word. For when you turn down a prophet, you have turned down God. Jesus said, if you receive me, you receive the one who sent me. 
When people turn a believer down, they don't actually turn the person down. They turn the God in the person down. You wonder why we got this insanity that we call America? Brother Bram told you communism would take over Washington, D.C., and it has. We're fixing to vote in a man that is absolutely proven to be corrupt from Russia, Ukraine, China, and every other country, grafts, money, corruption, and the American people are so insane and so anti-God, so anti-morality, that they'll vote in a devil that they can worship the prince of darkness and have a party and exterminate the Christian in the face of the earth. We displaced China, I think North Korea, and Russia in charge of the human rights division in the world, in the United Nations. North Korea and China that's got millions of uh, Muslims locked up in concentration camps and use them to manufacture all these goods that we like cheap. And North Korea, which are starving death under dictator, they put those three nations in charge of our human rights program. You know how that's going to come out, don't you? You can see it right now in this pandemic. Keep your mouth shut. Do what we tell you. We'll give you enough to live on. You work like a robot and don't say nothing or we'll wipe you out of society. Glory to God. Well, when is the mark of the beast going to show up? When am I going to get my tattoo? Brother, sister, you have already been tattooed. If you don't see this prince of darkness and light now, you're just as blind with Laodicea as they are. And we'll look at that condition in a few minutes. Watch. The Spirit of God Himself, I'm talking about Elohim, not Jehovah, Elohim Himself, has come down and He has indicted and has passed sentence on this church at the end time for leprosy. In the exposition of seven church ages, Brother Brown says, watch this. As we have read this together, I'm sure that you have noticed that the, blood, that the Spirit has not said one kind thing about this age. Not one kind thing about this age. He makes two indictments. Everything's in two now. He makes two indictments and pronounces his sentence upon them. Revelation 3, 15 to 16, I know thy works that thou art neither cold nor hot. I would that thou would be cold or hot. So then because thou art lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. Two indictments. Cold or hot, but you're lukewarm. And I'm going to spew you out of my mouth. In other words, they're going to absolutely be spewed out of the mouth of God or his word will not mean nothing to them. With all this corruption, with all this Facebook and Twitter and all that communistic takeover, where is the church? Where is the voice of morality? Where is the stand of the saints shall march on and protest 
Elvis and everything else, that where is this church now that stands up in her virtuous gowns of righteousness to protest this prince of darkness that's overtaken America? She is a whore. And she loves this corruption. She loves the program. Oh, they'll take a Baptist preacher out of Texas and put him on Fox News to have a little religion there. But he has nothing to say about morality, right or wrong, or anything else. It's just good, uh, good judge or bad judge. America has turned down God. And they have been indicted for the second crucifixion of Jesus Christ. So what we're looking here now. He said the age was blind, wretched, naked, and don't even know it. Brother Bam said, now watch, this age has lost their mind. Something is mentally wrong with society. Now, if you can't tell that in your own life, you're not honest with yourself. Our minds are fed so much with this speedy, whatever more, flashes of information, telephone, disc, computer, television, on and on and on, fast, whatever more. Our minds don't even function as it did 30 years ago. How many can sit down and read a whole book now? Your attention is about a page and a half or two paragraphs and off we go. Ten words or less or we're in a hurry. Come on. That's reading with you. Tweet, ten words or less. If it's over ten words, our mind won't even call attention enough to read all the sentences. How many have seen that little story? Now they send you, somebody sends it out every night. Can you read this? Just a bunch of jumbled up water more all tied together. Isn't it amazing though when you look at it, your mind picks out the words and you read it just like it's written out in plain English. And they call me a genius. <laughs> Brother Gregory, do you have problems with your mind? Absolutely. That's the reason I take predigen when I can remember it. <laughs> and now then everybody's taking it, you can't even find it on the shelf. Everybody's got brain problems anymore. Huh? So we find this age has, according to the problem, has lost their mind. The faculties of right and wrong are gone. Everybody's worried about the church. Everybody's worried about politics. Everybody's worried about their children, young people, and whatever more. We have gone insane. These demon powers has driven the whole world insane. Drugs, addiction, fear. Fear has taken over 75% of the American people. We're afraid to get out without a mask. And more people dies of common cold than they did this COVID-19. Are you following now? If we can't get out of our house until they find a cure for it, we're going to be locked up until we die of old age. They hadn't found a cure for sugar diabetes. They hadn't found a cure for cancer. They hadn't found a cure for the common cold, which is a devil. You're never going to find a cure for a devil except the Word of God. Get thee hence out of my house. No curse will come now in my dwelling. Go to the door and open the door and say, get out of here, devil. You don't have no place in this house. Come on. This is my house. This is God's tabernacle. I'm a son of God and I'm in charge of this inheritance right here. Come on. Talk to me this morning. The spiritual amnesia, the prophet said, has set in to the church. People has lost in where they come from. They've lost the history of the church. They've lost what we went through in the revivals. Dark ages, martyr age. They've lost all of that. We don't remember it. 
And the prophet said, watch, I'm going to bring an indictment on this church in this hour. 1963, the message indictment. My indictment is against the churches of today. I'm not bringing the sinner into this. Watch, the sinner is not under this indictment. The sinner is not under this indictment. I'm just speaking this to the church. And when he speaks to the church, God's speaking to the church nationwide. Call, I'm a Christian church. Baptist, Methodist, Catholic, Presbyterian. If you claim to be a believer in Jesus Christ, you're called a part of the church by your confession. You say you're a believer, then God said, since you say that you're a believer, your sin is going to remain with you. I'm going to judge you as a believer. When you say, I'm a believer, then you're responsible for believing the Word of God. Come on. If the Word of God says, sisters, don't let your hair grow, be an honor to your husband, you say, well, I don't believe that, then you're an unbeliever. That's just one little simple thing. What about the other? I indict this generation for the second crucifixion of Jesus Christ. He's not talking about Jesus the Christ. He's not talking about the man that died on Calvary. He's talking about Jesus Christ, the Logos, or the revealed word, Hebrews 13, 8. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. That's not power. That's prophet, pillar of fire. Prophet, pillar of fire. Prophet, pillar of fire. I listen to people preach, oh, Jesus Christ the same yesterday and forever and deny the presence of the pillar of fire being here today. Because they're oneness. This is not a Pentecostal verse. Oh, that Jesus healed, healed, healed today. That's been proven at Calvary. By faith are you healed. By faith are you saved. But Jesus Christ the same yesterday, pillar of fire with Moses, let an exodus out. Pillar of fire came to Jesus, the Son of God in the water, went through the process of the leper, died on Calvary. Here's the point. He went to hell as a sinner. He took sin right straight down to hell. We'll get to that in a few minutes. Brother Bam said, now this could not have took place a few years ago. Let's say 50 years ago. It could not have been done. But today, this is very timely. And it could not have been done maybe 10 years ago. That would have been 1953. But it can be done today because the time is run out. What time is run out? Revelation 10, 7. I saw another mighty angel come down from heaven with an open book in his hand, lifted up his hand to heaven and said, time is run out. What time has run out? We've been under the Feast of Pentecost for 2,000 years. We turned down the Day of Atonement on the Apostle Paul. So the church now has sat under this Feast of Tabernacle, or Feast of Pentecost, for 2,000 years. Now that feast has run out. It's over. Now a trumpet sounded. Come out over my people and be you separate from the unclean. 
The cleansing process started. Called out to be examined. Time has run out. Watch. We're at the end time. What end time? The opening of the seven seals. Showing you the mystery of the Antichrist spirit, the mystery of iniquity, how it started down under the Apostle Paul and brought the church, that virgin church of Ephesus, brought her down by a sevenfold ministry, deacons and elders, injecting air and air, went back to work. They lost the pure revelation of the finished work of Calvary and went into darkness and died. That virgin bride of Ephesus has to be restored and produce another virgin bride to the Word of God. Not only do we understand that we have an atonement by the blood, but my sin has been eradicated by the death of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. If we get our minds off of the sin question and begin to look at it in a righteous understanding, then this church will move by their confession out of here. We're at the end time, and I believe as his servant that we are just about to cross from this land to another. What land is he fixing to cross to? He's fixing to cross from the second, first and second pool to the third pool. He's fixing to cross the broad age where the baptism of the Holy Ghost fades out. The baptism of the Holy Ghost fades out. Like Luther's age faded out. Moved into another stage. Wesley's age faded out. Went into another stage of Pentecost. Another group raised up. Restoration of the gifts. That's faded out. Now the baptism of the Holy Ghost is faded out because every member has been baptized into the body of Christ. So in other words, the line of the church has been built. Now it's time to turn a corner. And it will be a complete different gospel, a new message altogether. Therefore, the time for the repentance for a nation, it's gone. America is doomed. Every nation is doomed outside of 144,000. Praise God. I prayed for strength this morning. He's given me this far. Maybe I can last five more minutes. Amen. He said, I believe that this nation cannot repent. He said, well, that's a nation. That's America. This nation cannot repent. What does he mean repent? They will not accept his message of God being here now as the judge. They won't believe his message that organized religion is the mark of the beast and you must come out from among them. See, God's Word calls for a total separation from all unbelief. Now we're looking at that inspection. So we find only one conclusion, and that is the pronouncement of being unclean on this age. And that uncleanness was without a cure. And the penalty is absolutely being separated from the fellowship and the presence of those who are considered clean are those who follow the voice of come out of my people of Malachi 4, 5, and 6. Because the religious world will not accept the word, I'm going to send you Elijah. Because the whole world, the whole church is messed up. They're unclean. They're prostitutes and everything else. But I have an elected seed group laying in that mess. 
And I'm going to come and pull like a magnet. I'm going to come by and I'm going to pull everything that's magnetized to the Word of God. I'm going to pull it out of that mess. Amen. So I'm going to get behind the pulpit and pull every seed of God out of corruption. Praise be to God. What, you remember when you was jerked out? You didn't come to, oh, God, save me from this mess. You said, oh, God, no, 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 don't save me from this mess. He said, well, you're a son of God and you're ordained. How many knows that all the sons are ordained to believe? You cannot keep from believing. Praise be to <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm glad I don't have to try to convince people to believe anymore. If I can find a seed of God, I found a believer. Glory to God. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. The, pro the prophet in the message total separation from all unbelief. This message calls for separation from those under the pronouncement of being unclean from the indictment. We understand that we have turned a corner many years ago, basically in 1955. I'm not a mathematician, but there's some brothers that can go back and figure it up to the minute of nines and sevens and whatever more to show you what happened. Brother Bam said one of the five stars gathered together in 1955, representing a child is born. He said a bride was birthed. As a group birthed forth. And now then he said we're not continually building the wall now. We've got to turn a corner. And it takes a chief master builder to turn the corner. Five-fold minister can't do it. A pastor can't do it. Even a prophet that has dreams and vision can't do it. It takes a special, ordained, predestinated ministry, according to the Word of God, that a man is born so uniquely that he becomes a total prisoner to the Word of God. Total prisoner. Just think, he said, if Jesus is the Word, you are the Word. If you and I are the Word, we will become... Where everything that we do, our actions, our thought, and our reactions will be in accordance to the written Word of God by Spirit that lives within us. Amen. The bride will have thus saith the Lord, or she will hold her peace. Amen. Come on. In other words, if I'm confronted, I'm not talking about working, playing jacks, or playing so I'm, I'm talking about the Word, religion. If we're presented with a dogma or a doctrine or a work or whatever more, there's something in you that rises up and said, well, it's also written we are justified by faith. Yeah. It is written that we have been found not guilty, that we are the sinless, virtuous bride of Jesus Christ. Where's all this repentance and altar calls and getting right with God? Where's all that coming from? Where's the revelation of my true justification in my state before God? Where is that message to my heart? See what I'm saying? The fivefold ministry should be uh, identifying you by the Word of God, and there's something in you that responds and says, Amen to it. You're looking in the mirror to see yourself. We've turned a corner because God is building a building, a many membered building. Not just building a wall, He's building a building. And this body of Christ, this planning in Matthew 13, the growth through seven church age, we went through it, justification, baptism, Holy Ghost, our church history. 
We have now, absolutely, the growth has come to seed. And the seed has been harvested. Watch where we're at now. The shuck has been separated from the seed. All this in the message, church splits and everything else. There's your separation of wise and foolish. I believe the prophet. I believe the prophet. I believe the prophet. I believe. What well, you dressed? Well, I don't dress. Well, you're we're two groups. Now then, everybody settle. When they leave, they don't start another church. They go back to the world. Are you following me now? They don't repent and get better. Now then, when they're found in their transgressions because they can't keep their own law, they end up going back to the world. My brother and sister, listen. If you've got a spirit on you trying to work out your conduct that you've got to live by the law to make it, that spirit on you will take you right straight to the world. You've got to understand that God's grace saved you before you was ever born. And His grace to you is more than you could ever comprehend. Just say, Amen, God, I'm a son and daughter of God. Get me there. Cover me, O Lord. By your grace that I can't figure out. Amen. We are now in the pyramid form. You've seen these science fiction movies. This great pyramid structure. All of a sudden, the pyramid becomes alive. Rays begin to come down through it. You've seen them science fiction movies where they come down and the pyramid rises up, which is, becomes what they call a big spaceship or a space center where aliens are in. How many know that we're aliens and foreigners in this land? We're the aliens. Oh, is there any aliens out there? No, they're all down here. We're the aliens. Flying saucers, what more? Just angels that's basically investigating to see what condition we're in. Come on. Now we're in the capstone form. The light or the headship now prophet has moved off the scene and the capstone has settled down on this great pyramid all of a sudden you see like a trigger the lights begin to pulsate down through it hallelujah he is here then as I could, it begins to bring down through all the way down to the apostle Paul and Paul, he's on earth now it's time to us to call rising up Praise be to God. If you're no higher now in Revelation than you was 10 years ago, you're not in this lifting process. Let me understand that you understand more now than you did 10 years ago. Then we're, something is rising us up into another realm. Praise be to God. And as it rises up, there's something transforming in us. You say, well, I see, I see, I see. That means the light's turned on somehow. I could get carried away. If I, was a, if I did have enough boys, I hope they give me a shot that gets me back to 20 again. We've been through the threshing floor. How many used to come on Wednesday night when we used to beat the hell out of everybody? <laughs> or tried to, anyway. 
I always wonder how come I can't get all that beat out of everybody. I beat them more and more and more. I just like your kids. You wonder why you can't get that beat out of them. There's something in there that you can't touch by law. There's something in there that only the Spirit of God, by election and predestination, can come down through that mind and do something in here to let you know that you're on your way out of here. But it starts with a desire. There's got to be something turned on that you want it. See, that it's a switch. I, I want that. You may not understand it, but you got to, I want it. I want to be right. I want peace. I want to serve God. I don't want to be this way. I don't want to think like this. There's something in me calling for something out there. The deep calling for the deep out here. I got a theophany out there that's pretty close. Amen. It's blending right in into this glorified body. Watch. We're at the end of the threshing. The complete separation that takes us up has taken place. For at the separation there has to be a gathering. A separation time at the judgment trial, the Bema. When the church is put on trial after the indictment. There has to be a separation. And if for that separation there has to be a gathering. And there has to be a burning and we cannot stop it. The tares are bundled over here in bundles. The seed is over here in the garner. Under the tabernacles with a covering over them. I call grace or an unconditional covenant. How many has ever heard the people say, well, the message separates. You people, all you do, it's not that bad now because we tolerate anything now. Used to, if you had a TV, the, it would kick you out of church. Now then we'll give you one if you want one. That's the truth. I used to go through Walmart and turn my head so I wouldn't see the TV. Thinking if I caught a glimpse of it, I'd backslide, you know. But isn't it amazing when you do that, there's always a magnet. Look. Where's that magnet coming from? <laughs> The TV don't have a magnet. There's something in here that's got a magnet. I wonder what it'd be like. I wonder what it... Ooh, the devil said, come on out. Come on out. It's wonderful. Hallelujah. It's wonderful. Until you have a kid that you can't raise. Come on. It's wonderful. Praise God. Come on out. Come on out. Oh, it's great. It's wonderful. Look up. Watch these prostitutes, how great a time they're having. But it didn't show you the night after when they're laying on the floor puking and look like billy goats run over with red paint. I hope Hollywood out there gets what they want. Because when the Russian troops land in Hollywood, all those great Hollywood stars and models, they'll only be prostitutes for the soldiers. Amen. And we'll run and the foolish virgin will be caught and killed. Every Christian, the foolish virgin won't die. They'll be slaughtered. They'll be killed out. Amen. We find in 1965, give me that five more minutes. I got my whole 45 minutes this morning. Man, Lord, Jesus does answer prayer, doesn't he? We find in 1965 leadership that the, I hadn't even got to my great sermon this morning. 
that the prophet was turning the bride over to the Holy Ghost himself. He said, our Joshua is the Holy Ghost himself. Is that right? So we have been turned over to God or the pillar of fire himself to be led to the millennium. We are absolutely under the leadership of the Holy Ghost who is the capstone himself. He's both capstone and headstone. Not the person of Jesus the man. There's where the people in the message that are one. It's Jesus only. Can't get it separated. They want to make Jesus God and Jesus was not God. He was a man. But when God come into him as the full attribute of the pillar of fire and took up residence, that made that man the fullness of the Godhead manifested in a body. When that pillar of fire left him and went right back to a pillar of fire that it was, that wasn't Jesus going back to his form. It was a pillar of fire returning back to the same pillar of fire that it was before he went in the body. Jesus didn't change. He still was a man. He walked all the way to Calvary of Golgotha's hill. Now then we got an answer. Here's where we want to get that to the law of the leper. On the day of the atonement, when Jesus went to Calvary, we find in Leviticus 16, two goats on the day of atonement. Understand now that leprosy depicts our mortality, which we inherited from Adam, but the two birds were used to depict the two stages by which we are cleansed from mortality. Not death now, not sin, mortality. The first bird, Christ was killed to provide a blood covering for the second bird. That's us, the individual. The first bird's death imputed life to us. Paul said, blessed is the man to whom God does not impute sin. He imputed righteousness to it. Imputed. Oh, I earned righteousness. No, you didn't earn nothing. It was imputed to you. The second bird, when released into the field, speaks to the future of immortality and life. Here's the life question. Before the life question can be fulfilled, the sin question had to be fulfilled. Now you move to Leviticus 16. The two goats in the ritual of the Day of Atonement does not deal with the death question, but it deals with the sin question. The two goats, the two works of Christ dealing with the sin question is necessary for the church in the day of His cleansing. The two goats represent two stages by which our sin is eradicated, removed, done away with, blotted out. David said in Psalm, blot out my sin. Don't just cover it up with paint. Blot it out. Like Jesus said, it's cast in the sea of God's forgetfulness. Like ink to bleach. I'm a little late this morning, but we got a meal, and we're all happy. So I was stupid enough to try that experiment one time down the boot hill where Brother Bram said you drop ink in the bleach, and it'll just totally evaporate and go away. You know what I mean? So I got me some bleach up on here, and I put two drops of ink in there, and it just sat in there and floated around. I said, well, I don't care if that floats around. The prophet said, God, since sin dropped in the blood, it's gone. I got out of that real easy. Probably get you in trouble if you let him sometimes.
The church teaches, now we'll get to a point in five minutes, watch. The church teaches that the goat that was slain was a type of Jesus. But they also teach that the goat that was, the priest laid his hands upon and placed all the sins upon was a type of Satan. Leviticus 16, 21, let's read. And Aaron shall lay both his hands upon the head of the live goat and confess over him all the iniquities of all the children of Israel, all their transgression and all their sins, putting them upon the head of the goat and shall send him away by the hand of a fit man into wilderness. All their sins, all their iniquities, that means all. How many thinks all means all? He didn't skip one, didn't miss one, didn't forget one, didn't overlook one. He put them all. If I put all the sins, all the transgression, and everything upon one person, then all of mine is gone. It's not upon me, it's upon this one. But see, that's not Satan. This live goat represented the second work of Jesus. Hallelujah. They both represent Christ. One in the atonement. When Jesus died, he made atonement by the shedding of his blood. Bringing us forgiveness of sins. The second goat was when Jesus becomes sin with our sins and becoming mortal so he could die. Jesus couldn't die until he become mortal with our sins. Brother Bam said in Jesus we're representing both the animals. He said the church misinterpreted the word there. Both goats. One, he died. He died for the atonement. Watch now. The atonement, reconciliation. The second, the sins from the atonement was put up on the scapegoat. And the scapegoat took the sin of the people and went into the far wilderness to bear the sins of the people. What was it? It was the death and burial of our Lord Jesus Christ. So the world has accepted the first work of sacrifice, which is the forgiveness of sin. Karen, you overcome. I'll just keep going home rattling and I made it this far. The Lord said, I'll give you a grace. Now, don't ask for a double portion. Let's just put it this way real quickly. We'll go from justification. When Jesus died, one goat was slain, shed his blood for the forgiveness of our sins. There's your atonement. On the cross, Jesus said, it is finished. His first work now, as basically being the sacrifice, being scourged, all these things that spoke of it, was now finished, and he gave up the ghost, reconciling us to God by his blood. But his work was not finished, though. See, we can have atonement, but we still got the sin question. God took all the sins of us, placed them upon the head of Jesus. Jesus was the scapegoat. He becomes sin. And where did he go for sin? He went to hell as a sinner. And he would not come up from that unless something happens for him to be justified, born again, changed to another form of life, come out of there and raised for our justification. So I got the scripture in front of it. One forgives us of our sins. But when he was justified, quickened, that soul, where the justice of God was satisfied, 
the sin question was settled. He was quickened, raised up, picked up a body, now glorified. And the Bible said he was raised for our justification. For he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in Him. There's the answer for sin. The church world, and I give you the quotes in here where Brother Bam told you how they done it. The church world has accepted the first work of Calvary for the atonement and forgiveness of sins, but they have not accepted the second work that sin was eradicated and Jesus becomes sin. When he was raised, we were justified and placed as though we never done it in the first place. So what we want to look at in this study as looking at the difference between justification and forgiveness of sins. We're either under one of those groups this morning. Every one of us here has the atonement by the blood, forgiveness of sins. Now, will we bring our soul to the light and be examined that the Word can pronounce not guilty and stand justified, made as though you never done it, before the pillar of fire, sinless, pureless bride of Jesus Christ? The sin question has been settled. The Pentecostals will not accept the second work. They think the sin question can be overcome by works. You can be made righteous by your rituals. The Catholic Church thinks rituals does it. Pentecostals thinks your works do it. Your dress does it. Your hair does it. That, that has nothing to do with this right here. We're looking at a finished work of Jesus Christ. God has provided for us. And all he asks us to do is believe. Let's stand this morning, would you? Praise God, we made it all the way through.